This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Thursday, December 7th. I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, Telluride ups its crisis communications. Tourism board transitions with the year. Menorah lighting expels the darkness and a mountain weather forecast. The town of Telluride is ramping up its communication, especially when it comes to crisis situations. Lindsay Mills, communications manager for the town of Telluride, notes over the past year, the town has developed plans for distributing information to the community in emergency situations. We have a handful for situations that occurred in the last year, including violent attacks throughout town, um, all the way to lightning evacuations for town park. We've also developed some other urgent um, crisis communications plans for things such as mass casualty incidents, wildfires, um, any sort of necessary evacuation, so on and so forth. Mills presented at a town council retreat on Thursday. She says going forward, the town commits to providing updates to the community on crisis situations at least every 30 minutes. This is learned from our incident with our um, gentleman brandishing a weapon. Our findings from that initial incident was that we didn't update the public often enough about what was going on. While we can't release a ton of information often, especially when there's an active investigation or an active pursuit, we will commit to pushing information every 30 minutes moving forward. Mills says by sharing information more frequently, they also hope to squash the rumor mill more effectively. The gentleman brandishing a weapon was presented to the public through the rumor mill as an active shooter situation. That was not the reality of the situation. A gentleman brandished his weapon, had not fired, and then went missing in the town of Telluride. Um, the, The danger to that investigation and that search was in fact the rumor mill. When people start embellishing and that rumor starts spreading that there's an active gunman in the town of Telluride running around through people's through people's backyards, this is something we need to squash quickly. Um, the learning from that was our messaging wasn't consistent enough. It wasn't quick enough and it wasn't clear enough that the shelter in place was not because of an active shooter, but because of a road rage incident. She says the overarching goal for all of Telluride's communications is to build trust and transparency with information coming from the town. Mills recommends residents in the Telluride region sign up for emergency and non-emergency notifications. Individuals can text Telluride to 38276 or go to bit.ly slash TOT emergency to sign up. The Telluride Tourism Board is transitioning with a new year, a new budget, and some newly opened seats. KOTO's Gavin McGough attended their final public meeting of 2023 and has the details. It's a quiet morning in town on a sunny winter day before the oncoming crush of holiday festivities and visitors arrives in full. In the lull, the Telluride Tourism Board has gathered in town for its final public meeting of 2023. On the agenda are reflections on the Tourism Board's initiatives from the year that's been, but also a look ahead at 2024. And on that note, says the Board's Director, Kira Skinner, 
We have great news to share regarding the town of Telluride um, at our September 21st budget work session. Um, town council members, a majority of town council members agreed to increase funding for the TTB um, and resume destination marketing efforts. So this is really a result of, um, you know, uncertain economy moving forward, um, lower occupancy rates. And Skinner continues a feeling amongst town council members that taxes paid by tourists through lodging or retail sales could help fund urgent infrastructure needs. Since the pandemic, Telluride Town Council has barred the tourism board from marketing the town as a destination, sensing a fatigue in the community with the high level of visitation. Mountain Village, however, continued to fund marketing campaigns through TTB, leading to many years of campaigns which tried to give the village its own identity, inviting guests to hitch a ride on the gondola and get out of Telluride proper. Welcome to the other side of Telluride. Here you'll find vistas stretching past the horizon. For the tourism board, those days of juggling split priorities between Telluride and Mountain Village are over. In 2024, Telluride is nearly doubling its contribution to the tourism board from $800,000 of funding in 2023 to $1.5 million in the year to come. That puts Telluride's contribution equal with Mountain Village's for the first time in years. And, says Skinner, It's going to be a three-year contract, and Town of Mountain Village's contract will mirror the Town of Telluride. So we'll have very similar goals and objectives moving forward, which will just really create a seamless process for us um, and efficiencies. In other business of the day, the board took time to bid farewell to outgoing member Patrick Barry. Both Mountain Village and Telluride appoint one of their own council members to sit on the tourism board as a liaison, and Barry has filled that role for Mountain Village. This fall, however, he announced he was stepping down from Mountain Village Town Council, and Wednesday marked his final meeting with the tourism board. Board Chair Dan Jansen bids farewell. I would like to thank you for your, uh, your service to not only the tourism board, but to the town of Mountain Village and to the uh, broader community writ large. Barry, in turn, thanks the board for all they do to foster the regional economy and notes their work continues. We're not out of the woods yet, so to speak. I think there's a lot more work to do, so appreciate all the board members contributing because it's crucial to the economy, it's crucial to the community, and ensuring that we're prepared for downturns, being ahead of it rather than reactionary. All the things that we've done and you all will continue to do are, are crucial. So thank you for that work. Mountain Village has appointed Rick Gomez to fill Barry's vacated seat on their council. Gomez is the chief financial officer at Mountain Lodge and has significant resort and hospitality experience. While it's unclear if he will also take Barry's spot on the tourism board, Jansen says he met with Gomez, who clearly, says Jansen, understands the role of tourism in our local economy. Uh, also, um, you know, bilingual, uh, proud uh, Latina. Uh, and he was telling me how 60%, his number, not mine, of our workforce in the hospitality sector is Latino. And that's something we haven't focused on much, but I think that's something we should probably focus on more. 
uh, having more outreach to that community that is so important to our local economy. The meeting covers tourism sustainability initiatives, online ad campaigns, and significant efforts to strengthen Telluride's brand in international markets, specifically targeting tourists from Mexico and Australia. Um, so we have this pre-roll video that you know people will see online. The meeting concludes with a look at the season to come. Tourism numbers and pre-bookings for this winter, Skinner says, were looking high back in the fall, with hotels estimating a 10% increase over last year's traffic. But in recent weeks, those trends, says Skinner, They've really shifted when you compare the beginning of November to now. Um, I really think this is weather-related, lack of snow and possibly the delay of the ski resort um, due to the lack of snow. So, yeah, we're hoping that now that we've had some snow, um, we'll get, you know, these bookings will increase. According to national data, Americans are still eager to travel, but they do have some hesitations and economic anxieties. Should they decide to book a flight and a hotel here in the San Juans, the tourism board will be happy to host them. This is how it feels to let go. The Festival of Lights is coming to Mountain Village next week with a menorah lighting in Heritage Plaza. Our primary goal as a Jewish community is really being a source of light and being there for families to celebrate Jewish tradition, Jewish culture, uh, giving people the opportunity for Jewish awareness, Jewish identity, to celebrate Jewish holidays. That's Rabbi Mendel Mintz, founder and director of the Aspen Chabad Community Center, which is hosting the menorah lighting and Hanukkah celebration. There will be a very large menorah that will be lit, a Hanukkah menorah that will be lit, and there'll be some of the uh, you know, live music, just a celebration. There'll be some of the things that we traditionally eat on the festival and holiday of Hanukkah, uh, latkes, as they're called, and other uh, snacks and mash that is traditional to eat on the uh, holiday of Hanukkah. And it's really just coming together as a community, uh, good feeling, good vibes, and uh, adding light to the world and feeling good about uh, the holidays and our community and so forth. The holiday of Hanukkah celebrates a miracle that took place over 2,000 years ago. Israel then under Jewish sovereignty was attacked uh, via Syria by the Greek Empire. And they desecrated the Holy Temple in Jerusalem. And uh, when a small group, uh, a small Jewish army was able to retake the temple and they wanted to continue with its services that would occur in the temple, they found a one cruise of oil uh, that would last for one day and miraculously, miraculously it lasted for eight days that allowed them to bring up new oil uh, from the north of the country. So hence the eight days of Hanukkah, the eight days of celebration. This year's menorah lighting will take place on the final night of the holiday. Rabbi Mintz says the celebration of Hanukkah is about adding light into the world. The message of Hanukkah is really an individual message for each and every person that they can be a source of light. Because just like the original menorah over two and a half thousand years ago eliminated darkness, the message of Hanukkah is the same message of being a source of light, adding light wherever we can and that leads to a healthier uh, both body, soul, and community. It's an idea, Mint says, that's more important this year than ever.
The menorah lighting and Hanukkah celebration takes place with the backdrop of the conflict in Israel and Gaza. At a time when we're struggling and dealing with so much darkness from so many different places, from so many different areas, not just around the world, but in our great country, which is very concerning and is concerning to many in the Jewish community and the non-Jewish community, uh, is that at a time like this that we can come together and be there for one another and know that we support one another and that we stand up against hatred and bigotry of any kind and all kinds. And a message also that there is no place in society for darkness, negativity, for hate, for evil, uh, some, anything that tears apart society, but to the contrary, being there for one another, celebrating our differences and uniting with our common uh, interests in making the world a better place. The menorah lighting and Hanukkah celebration will take place in Heritage Plaza in Mountain Village on Thursday, December 14th at 4 p.m. There will be food and dancing. The whole community is welcome. It's time to get your stoke on. This week, the Peter Inglis Avalanche Education Fund is hosting a local stoke ski movie night featuring three films transporting you into the mountains. The movie night will feature the film Recess, featuring Benny Solomon, Chop Your Own Wood, featuring Helen Wilson, and Dean's List, Real World, by Cedar Palmer. There will also be a surprise showing of the Telluride segment of the Blizzard of Oz and a raffle. The event is free and open to the community, but donations are accepted to support the Peter Inglis Avalanche Education Fund. The local Stoke Ski Movie Night will take place at the Telluride Arts HQ Gallery starting at 5.30 p.m. on Friday, December 8th. It's that time of year, and you've probably been writing your letter to Santa, finishing up your Christmas wishes, and perfecting your prose so you can stay on the nice list. But this Saturday, December 9th, from 1 to 4 p.m. at the Telluride Elementary School Gym, you can talk to the man himself. That's right, Papa Noel will be greeting families and filling the school with holiday cheer. There will be food, games, a piñata, and much more. All are welcome to come and celebrate. It is a bilingual event. Feliz Navidad and ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. The writers of Wrights Mesa are coming together for a night of poetry. The Wrights Mesa Gang, featuring Norwood poets Ellen Metric, Art Good Times, and Diva Chisones, will be hosting a night of poetry this weekend. In addition to hearing work from the esteemed poets themselves, individuals are also encouraged, but not required, to bring a poem, song, or story to share with the group. The Wrights Mesa Gang Poetry Night will take place on Saturday, December 9th at 6 p.m. at the Flying Bear Pizzeria in Natarita. The event is free and open to the community. The number of people without health insurance in Colorado has reached a record low, according to a new report. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, KGN News' John Kellen has more. A survey by the Colorado Health Institute says the state's uninsured rate fell to 4.6% in 2023. It's been around 6.5% since 2015. But the group says while it's the lowest level since their surveys began, the numbers don't reflect the end of the public health emergency that led to millions of people nationwide being dropped from Medicaid rolls. That's about 300,000 people in Colorado. The state says those people are gradually having their Medicaid renewed. For KGNU, I'm John Kellen.
Many states, including Colorado, automatically register voters through the DMV and other government agencies. But they don't reach everyone. KOTO's Lucas Brady-Woods reports Colorado is creating a first-in-the-nation voter registration system for Native Americans. Exercising the right to vote has been an uphill battle for many tribal members, including those here in Colorado. We didn't become citizens till 1923, and since then, it has been moving very slow for Native American tribes across this country. Manuel Hart is chairman of the Ute Mountain Ute Tribe, located in the southwest corner of the state. Indigenous people's ability to vote has been ignored or actively undermined, most recently through unequal access to in-person voting, early voting, and election funding. There was always this conflict with the United States government, whoever was sitting in there, but now things are changing. Working with the Colorado tribes, state lawmakers passed a set of election reforms earlier this year, expanding voting access for Native Americans. Among them, the nation's first automatic voter registration system of its kind. The program will include both reservations in the state, the Southern Ute Indian Tribe and the Ute Mountain Ute Tribe. The tribe's governments will be able to submit lists of members to be registered through the Secretary of State's office. These election reforms build on a slew of changes in recent years. In 2019, Colorado lawmakers guaranteed in-person voting centers on tribal land and loosened address requirements for voters. Then, when the state rolled out automatic voter registration for the first time in 2020, hundreds of thousands of Coloradans were added to the voter rolls within a year. Now, Secretary of State Jenna Griswold hopes the new program will have a similar effect on tribal land and be in place in time for the 2024 election. Automatic voter registration is um, one of the best ways to register voters in the state of Colorado. For me, seeing registration rates and turnout rates being much, much lower on on tribal lands is is a big problem. Jacqueline De Leon is an attorney with the Boulder-based Native American Rights Fund, an indigenous rights advocacy group. Either through racial animus um, or through neglect, or just really not seeing Native Americans as their constituents. We've seen a lot of resistance towards providing basic services to Native Americans on reservations. In Colorado, tribal communities also share some of the same registration and voting barriers as other rural communities, like geographical isolation and unreliable mail delivery. But according to the Native American Rights Fund, they've also experienced obstacles like language barriers, a lack of registration opportunities, and state laws that block polling places on tribal land. These communities, um, unfortunately, have structural issues you know, due to centuries of abuse and neglect. Ute Mountain Ute Chairman Manuel Hart, back in southwest Colorado, is hopeful automatic voter registration will counteract some of those challenges. But he also says there's more work to do to make elections truly equitable for Native Americans. I think it's important to educate tribal members across the board, especially young ones, about the process of legislation and getting out there and voting. During a recent meeting hammering out the details of the new registration system, Hart said he wants his people to have every opportunity to get out and vote, especially ahead of next year's presidential election. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for a 60% chance of snow showers tonight with a low around 25 degrees. 
Friday, there's an 80% chance of snow showers with a high around 30. Snow showers continue into Friday night with a low around 10. Four to nine inches of snow accumulation is possible. Saturday, there's a chance of snow showers with mostly sunny skies and a high in the mid-20s. Saturday night calls for mostly clear skies with a low around 5. There is a winter weather advisory in effect from Thursday night through Friday evening. This has been the news for Thursday, December 7th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206.